Gospel Message Today's Gospel Message is titled, Come Boldly. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is taken from Hebrews chapter 4, reading from verse 12. And it reads, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you listen to YouTube or to sermons, when it comes to preaching or preaching that's supposed to be centered on the gospel, the gospel being the, the good news of Jesus Christ, you hear so many things, so many different messages, so many different teachings, so many different formulas, and sometimes it's so easy to be confused. It's so easy to get overwhelmed because you have, even the people who are preaching, you have one preacher criticizing another preacher. One, they're either criticizing over styles or they're criticizing over titles or they're criticizing over this, that, and the other. And someone who is looking for Christ, someone who has heard of Christ and is looking to, to hear more can sometimes come upon these 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 videos or these these preachings or sermons or talks and end up being very very discouraged or very very confused because sometimes we go so far out that we forget the basic we forget the foundation of our christian faith which is jesus christ dying for our sin in order to reconcile us back to god that we might receive eternal life. When we are translating from death to life, from the death life, which is the natural life, to the life life, which is life in the spirit, there is only one who makes this possible, and his name is Jesus Christ. So going back to the basics is about accepting the testimony of Jesus Christ that he is the propitiation for our sins. He is the reconciler of man back to God because he stands in the gap, taking away our sins so that we can now approach God through his sinlessness, 
through his righteousness, not through our own, because as squeaky clean as we can ever be, we are unrighteous apart from Jesus Christ. So it is so comforting when it, every time I read this passage, because it just reminds me of the thing that is important for all the mysteries and all the teachings that the Bible does contain and the word of God does contain when it comes to coming to Christianity and then now walking in Christianity and walking in the spirit, it comes to Jesus Christ. It starts and ends with Jesus Christ, receiving his testimony, receiving him, allowing him to, to wash us clean from our transgression, receiving his blood upon us that now washes us and washes our transgressions away from us coming back to Jesus. So in this passage, when it starts from that, um, when it starts from that verse 12, talking about the word of God, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine asunder of soul and spirit. When we receive the true word of God, translated by his Holy Spirit, ministered to us by his Holy Spirit, and that word, that word is supposed to do something in us. It's supposed to work something in us that makes us realize, oh my God, I am wretched. I am a wretched, sinful creature. The word of God exposes this in us. And it shows us how far away we are from him when we are walking in sin, walking in unrighteousness, or walking in our natural selves. The word of God does this. It exposes this. And who is the living word? The living word is Jesus himself. The living word is Christ. So when we come to Christ... When we receive his testimony about who he is and what he came to do, we are receiving the word of God. And then the Holy Spirit now takes that acceptance of Christ and starts to do something in us. It pierces even to the divine asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. So it works in our spirit, but we also feel it in our flesh. We feel it in our life. We feel it in our consciousness. The word of God does something to us that makes us say, Lord Jesus, what do I do? What do I do to be saved? What do I do that I might receive eternal life? As they asked him back in the day when he was walking on this earth, what must I do, Lord? What must I do, Lord Jesus? And also we know in that foundational passage of Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So when we ask, what must I do that I might receive eternal life? His answer is, come unto me. Come. Come to me. Now this, going back to this Hebrews passage, it's saying, Jesus has now become our high priest. He stands in the gap, interceding on our behalf to the Father, praying for us, presenting us to the Father in himself, and once upon a time, when Moses went to the mountain to receive the law and he came down, remember what it said in the Bible that that area where the, even to the mount, the people were not allowed to go there because if they touched the mountain, they would die. Now, this is the law, you know, when the law was being given to Moses, but we now know that the law has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So where once upon a time, we couldn't even approach that mountain for fear of death, because the Lord said anyone who even touches it will die. Here is Jesus now, the fulfillment of the law personified, telling us, come to me. Come to me. In that verse 15, 
In the Hebrews passage, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So what is saying, where once upon a time we couldn't go and touch the mountain from which the Lord descended, now here is an even greater covenant, a better covenant, the fulfillment of the law in Christ Jesus, and we can touch him. That same law of do not touch does not exist with Jesus. We can touch him. He says, come unto me. And that touching means we can come close to him because he knows what we're going through. He understands what it's like to be tempted to sin. He understands what it's like to be tempted to evil. He can identify with our suffering. He can identify with our struggle. So when we come to Christ wanting to walk in him, he accepts us as we are. He doesn't say, no, go and clean yourself first before you come. He says, come as you are. But when we now come and we're walking in him and we find ourselves struggling, we find ourselves still struggling with sin, still struggling with iniquity, still struggling with, with transgression. He now says again, he reemphasizes. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come with your struggles, still come. I know what you're going through. I can identify with your infirmity because I too, I was tempted. I know what it feels like. I know what it's like. So instead of you out there struggling on your own, making yourself fair game for the enemy to go there and deceive you, come to me, says Jesus. Come unto me. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly, because if our desire is to overcome the sin, if it's one thing to be struggling with sin and, and just yielding without remorse, yielding without contrition, that's one thing. But there's another thing to be struggling with sin and under the weight of the sin, under the weight of the struggle, we reach out to Christ and say, Lord Jesus, help me deliver me help me in this struggle help me this is where jesus says come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need in our time of struggle where we are struggling under the weight of sin but yet our hearts are with christ and we say lord i want you i want you to transform my life i want you to make me a new creature because in that verse 13 it says there is nothing that is not manifest in his sight all things are naked unto him he sees our flaws he sees our weaknesses he sees our struggle so who better to come to with the struggle than the one who already knows the struggle. But not only does he know the struggle, he can identify and even best, he can help us. He said that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. In that Matthew chapter 11, he said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, the labor of the yoke of sin, the labor of the struggle, the, 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 the heaviness of the struggle. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when Christ says, come boldly, that is not a boldness of indignation. It is not the boldness of pride. It is not the boldness of arrogance. It is the boldness of accessibility. The heart that is longing for Christ will seek Christ. 
We are ashamed that we're still struggling and we should feel that way if we're still struggling. But what Christ says is, come, don't let your struggle, don't let the shame of your iniquity keep you far from me. Be bold enough to approach the throne of grace because when you come to me, I will help you. So brethren, if you have ever been accused or condemned or vilified by the chief accuser, by the chief vilifier and all his agents and all those who work on his behalf that tell you you are worthless, that tell you God does not love you because you are a sinner, that tells you that God will not receive your contrition and your repentance. They are not telling you the right thing because if your heart is for Christ, if your desire is to live the sinful life and walk in the spirit of Christ, then Christ has given us an invitation to come boldly. Come with your struggle so that he might relieve us of the struggle. He does not tell us to come so that we might continue in sin. He tells us to come so that he might help us to get rid of it. But come boldly. Don't live under the yoke of Satan's lies. Don't live under the ridicule that the world wants to use to mock us in our weakness. The difference between a weak Christian and an and unrepentant, sin, unrepentant sinner is that the weak Christian acknowledges his sin and wants help. The unrepentant sinner or the unregenerate sinner acknowledges their sin and they don't care that they sin. They don't care that they offend God. They don't care that we transgress, they, that they transgress God. But that is not the way of the Christian who struggles. The Christian who struggles with sin is aware that they are imperfect, but they want to be made perfect in Christ. Their hearts long for that. Their hearts long for the transformation and long for the regeneration. And to those Christians, to you, to me, we who want him, we who though we struggle, we want him to make us whole. We need him to make us whole because apart from him, we can do nothing to us. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace where we will obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So when the enemy spits his lies, we rebuke him in the name of Jesus and we come boldly so that all those things we struggle with, the sin we struggle with, the iniquities we struggle with, the temptation that seeks to take us and cause us to fall, we come with the weight of all of that to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our great high priest, ever, ever, ever interceding for us to the Father, ever interceding on our behalf to the Father, ever means always, without end, unfailing, as long as our hearts for, are for him and we desire to be transformed in him. To us, he says, come boldly. So brethren, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Because he says, if we come there, we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us in our time of need. This is our time of need because the enemy is out there. He's busy looking to cause us to stumble and to cause us to fall and to cause us to continue to walk after the flesh. But Romans 8 1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We walk after the spirit. We desire Christ. He is our way, he is our truth, he is our life, and he is our help and our helper. 
So let us come boldly to him as he has invited so that we might receive everything that he has to offer us, that we might be delivered and his righteousness will become our righteousness. Let us come boldly and may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen in the name of Jesus.